Summer of Wisdom, I want to talk to you about one of the ways that I learned some wisdom along the way. Before, before my very first dentist appointment, um, my mom wanted me to feel comfortable. That's a scary thing for a kid to find. And so she told me, you know, at the dentist's office, they have this chair that moves, and it's like riding in a spaceship. And for me, as like a Star Wars kid, that was all I needed that did the trick for me. And so when it came time to leave, I come out of my room dressed head to toe like Luke Skywalker. Um, That is pretty close to what I look like. Head to toe like Luke Skywalker. I had the lightsaber. I had the robe. I had my boots on. um, Basically like my normal weekday getup around here. Uh, I was ready for action. I was ready for anything. I was ready to take on the galaxy. I was ready to train with a master. Um, I was not necessarily ready to give up lollipops at that point, which is why I took my lightsaber with me to the dentist. Um, Pretty much my entire childhood was spent in some ways in costume, and now on most weekends uh, is as well with my little kids. And um, For Father's Day, I put on the costume of the dad plaid. That's what I decided to wear today. When you face something hard in life like a dentist, uh, you know, it's nice to know that you've got the costume and the lightsaber and that you've got kind of the superpowers that go with it to command any chair that you might find yourself in. Because we've all got these people that we look up to, that, that these superheroes that we wanted or maybe want still to be. You know, Black Panther or Wonder Woman or Luke Skywalker. These people who had superpowers. And we have powers that we wish that we had too, like, you know, like flight or strength or the ability to move traffic out of the way or um, a snooze button on our alarm that actually stops time would be an awesome superpower to have. But uh, unfortunately, we probably will never have the power of flight. Uh, We will not be bitten by a radioactive spider along the way. Maybe a mosquito here in Texas. Um, (laughs) Mosquito man doesn't quite have the same ring to it. We do have superpowers in this life. We have these powers that we have in us that we're invited to use for the good of our world, the good of others, for love for reconciliation, for liberation, for righteousness, for justice in our world. We have superpowers, and, and as someone said, with great power comes great responsibility, right? So we have these powers, and Scripture says one of the most powerful things that we have in our toolbox is the power of our words, the power of speaking. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of of the tongue, which may sound like very dramatic at first glance. You know, most of us don't have, feel like we have that kind of power. We are not on Grey's Anatomy. We don't just like yell stat and like people come running and people come back to life. This is not the way that our life normally goes. But when we think about our daily life and we think about our experience, we know that words have the power to give life and that words have the power to, to squash life too. And so often, as, even as we get older, How we carry ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we feel about ourselves is deeply affected by the words that we've heard along the way. How we view our character, our body, our identity, ourself. There have been some some life-giving and some life-squashing words sometimes spoken to us. 
or that we've spoken to ourselves, I think, sometimes. We carry with us things that friends and strangers and partners and parents and mean girls in middle school have said to us. And like, you know, those things that they've said to us in those moments that like really hit us in our heart, we can still hear the tone of their voice. We can see the room in the cafeteria and what it looked like and what it felt like. And we just kind of play those things sometimes on a loop in our life. Words are powerful. And it's not just words. It's these ways that people have communicated with us along the way. I remember this um, cartoon that my seventh grade best friend um, drew of me, of me with my face and a mountain range across my forehead, (laughs) which was middle school right there. And I remember exactly what it looked like. And, um, And we have these phrases that we try to use to help defend ourselves. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yes, which is so not true. It is so not true. Um, I have never had my bones broken by sticks or by stones, but words have hurt, and there's no amount of I'm rubber, you're glue that really is an adequate defense for those things. Words are powerful, but in the same way, they have the power to give life, don't they? There have been positive words, encouraging words, formative words that have been spoken into our soul and given us life and shaped our trajectory and pulled us out of pits and given us confidence and courage and clarity in who we are, and we carry those words with us too to this day. Words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, as our wisdom literature says. And there's so many messages that we hear along the way, and some that we may have accumulated in ourselves that steal life or squash life or diminish our spirits. But the God of the universe has a message to speak to you, a different word for your soul. And it's one of the things that we gather in this place to listen to. The God of the universe who created you, who knows you, who knows how you were made, your uniqueness. God loves you and thinks you are ridiculously awesome and unspeakably beautiful and a pretty good hang. And the God of the universe wants to speak truth into your soul. The God of the universe says, God so loves you. God so loves the world, the whole world. The Greek word for world there is cosmos, cosmos. God loves the whole world, no matter what. No matter your nationality or your identity, or your gender, whether you're gay or straight or tall or short or rich or poor or immigrant or native-born, whether you are Superman or Wonder Woman, God loves you and has purpose and hopes and plans for you. And that's the message that God wants to speak deeply into who you are. And when we hear that and we hear it deeply, it is so important. It gives us life but it also frees us as we begin to love as we've been loved. It frees us from having to use our word power to fill ourselves up, to justify ourselves, to prop ourselves up by knocking other people down. All of those things that we use our words for sometimes. Instead, we're free to use our power and this great responsibility for good. We can share that message of God's empowering love with those around us. And that's the message that we're called to share to everyone we meet, neighbors in our neighborhood. God so 
loves you. So this summer, we've been talking about this word wisdom, which uh, in Hebrew, it simply means like a skill or a craft, like a skilled artisan. Uh, Wisdom is about knowing the natural material, knowing how to work with it, knowing how to create something beautiful with it. And learning to be wise and skillful with our words means learning how to use them to create something beautiful and to give life to those around us. And those are important skills for us to learn. And so to, to learn a little bit more about those, let's kind of flash back to the beginning. Because every superhero has an origin story, has this time when a hero doesn't quite understand the power that they have at their disposal. You know, Wonder Woman accidentally lasses her sister or something, and Superman like chunks a tractor across the pasture, and Dr. Horrible accidentally vaporizes his fish in his fish tank. Um, you may not have done that exactly, but but you probably have a story in your life of a time when a word came out and, uh, and bounced around the room in a pretty crazy way. I, mean, I don't think we always realize just how powerful our words are, even though we felt them in ourselves. Now, sometimes we forget just how weighty our world, words are. And in those moments when we say something casually, and you know, as soon as it starts to come across our lips, we start reaching out to try to grab it and pull it back in. And unfortunately, that's not how the laws of physics work. <laughs> you cannot stop those words from going out. Um, that's so much of our experience. And just so you know, that verse that, uh, that Crystal read, uh, that Jacqueline read for us this week about going slowly was probably written for me <laughs> in my experience. And so here's what it says, just to remind us. This is, we sat with this a little bit last week. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. With great power comes great responsibility. And so listen first and be slow to speak. Go slowly. Be careful. Because in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our homes, with our partners or with our kids, when we speak, it has impact and it has weight. And if we're not careful, if we don't understand the power of our words, we will chunk a bowling ball around our house just thinking that it's a bouncy ball that we can play with. In the same way that we carry discouragement or we carry encouragement of, our, of words that we've received throughout our life, someone around us is carrying the life-giving or squashing power of our words with them as they go. Our words matter. And so this summer as we've looked at wisdom, we've looked at this book of James, and we've looked at Proverbs and other places, but in that book of James, he tries to take the wisdom tradition and intersect it with the profound love that's experienced in Christ, and to use these skills to create beauty, create life, to communicate that message of God's love for all people. And so he's trying to help us develop skills with our words to communicate mercy and love. And in lesson one of James's lesson back in the beginning, James really, really, really wants us to know just how powerful our words are. And so he spends like a whole chapter making it very clear for us in very vibrant language and metaphor. And so here's a couple of highlights of James' lesson about the power of our words. So take a deep breath because he's trying to let us know the seriousness of this. He says this in James 3 too, for all of us make many mistakes. See, There's truth that we can find in these texts, isn't it? All of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. So if you put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey, you can guide their whole body. 
It's a metaphor kind of for the tongue. Or look at ships. Though they are so large and it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pirate. The pirate? (laughs) I'm the captain now, says your tongue, right? (laughs) By a very small pirate who takes over your ship. And that's your tongue that takes over control. Go in peace. All right. Great sermon today, Jonathan. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. So use it carefully. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is fire, (laughs) isn't it? Man, we know that. We've seen that. These life-changing moments that can change the direction of a ship, where it's like our tongue is a pirate that takes over, but we know it's kind of coming from somewhere inside of us, but it flows out through our tongue. These little life-changing moments that begin with little words spoken by a little tongue. And the tongue can set a fire that we can't put out ourselves. It can harm relationships in a way that we can't heal, even though we'd be willing to fly around the world backwards to try to turn time back to fix it. That's heavy. James is laying it on us like a preacher. <laughs> it is, it's timeless what preachers do, isn't it? So James... It's trying to let us know how careful and skillful and slow we must go because it really matters. And so James goes on, and he gets to the heart of the matter, the heart of why this matters so much, and offers us a divine perspective-shifting thought about the way that we speak to and about and with each other. And he says this, With the tongue we bless the Lord and Father, And with it, we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. And James drops the mic. Man, I wish we could hear this and know it, and that I could live it out. What a message we would have if our mouths that bless God and sing out praises bless our neighbor who's created in the image of God in that very same way, it ought to be so. So James is calling us to live with this powerful realization that the people around us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplace, in our world, all of them are loved by God, are children of God, created in diversity in God's image and spoken into their soul is the powerful word of God's incredible love and purpose for their life. Who are we to speak another message to them? We want to speak God's message, and God so loves the whole world. So knowing that the importance of this, knowing that great, with great power comes great responsibility, how do we use our words to speak that same message of God into the lives of those around us. So the, our faith tradition has a lot to say about this, but I want to turn to one particular passage in the book of Ephesians that I think points us on the path of how to speak wisely and use our words to do good, to give life, and create peace. And so here's what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And that, in that little tiny nugget, I think, 
as a super powerful way of using our words for good. And it was written to a community like this one of people who gather, and it's a good instructive way that when we put this into practice, we can truly give life to this world and to those around us. So in that verse, one of the first words you may have noticed is that word unwholesome, which, uh, you know, you normally just associate that with like wordy dirds, you know, don't use wordy dirds as you go in the world. But it's so much more than that. The actual Greek means rotten. Don't let any rotten talk come out of your mouth. Like, you know, like food or like fish that has spoiled is what the word was kind of used for in this context. Essentially, don't let stuff come out of your mouth that is rotten and life-sucking and squashing come out of your mouth. Negativity and gossip and dishonesty or too much honesty applied in inappropriate ways. The things that tear down and corrupt and suck life away don't have fish breath is essentially what he's saying. So instead... The positive flip on this. Instead, let it only be stuff that builds. Only, not just a mix, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And there's so much wisdom in that little phrase. Building others up was this common term in construction for building a building or adding on to a structure. And so in that way, our words should build someone up, should add to someone's life. Our words should be helpful to them in becoming who they were built to be or knowing who they are. And every time you do that and you use your words to build someone up, it's like adding a brick to the structure of who they are. And you're using your words in a powerful, life-giving kind of way. But I think maybe the most important part of this particular phrase is that phrase, according to their needs not according to our own need to say something to someone, of course, but it implies that we should speak out of compassion and consideration for the needs of the others. And that means that we need to know what the needs of the people around us are, that we should listen and pay attention to those around us first, that we should be attentive to their needs. And when we listen, when we really listen to someone, to who they are and what they hope, When we hear them, I think in moments we can also hear the voice of God who unites us and unites us in love to our neighbor. And is it that spirit of God that leads us to finding the right life-giving, building up powerful word to speak to each other in those times of need? And what do people, so a question of then thinking about how to speak those kinds of words is simply asking the question, what do the people around you need to hear you say? Spouses, what does your partner need your words to say to them? What do they need you to say? Sometimes they need you to say, I'm with you no matter what. You know, I believe in you. You're 100% worthy of my affection. I know life is busy and it's stressful and it's really hard right now, but in the midst of everything, you are the most important person in my life. And if they could hear that from you, it could build them up. It could bring life. Parents, what do your kids need? Fathers, what do your kids need to hear you say? Your kids so need to hear your unconditional love for them, your love of who they are and not what they do. 
They need to hear your trust, and they need to know that you are their biggest cheerleader who believes in them and sees the good in them. Kids, what do your parents need to hear from you? (laughs) Maybe they need to hear that you appreciate all that they do for your family, um, how hard they work out of love for you. Uh, And then they need to hear your calming, reassuring voice because they will have fainted and freaked out because they didn't expect to hear that from their kids. Bosses, like when was the last time you pulled an employee aside and you told them how much you appreciate them and how valuable they are? Employees, when was the last time you said to your manager that you appreciate their leadership and the team that they've created and spoken words of life? Teachers, you can offer a word to your students who help them become who they were built to be. When they hear that you believe in them, that you are for them, that you hear who they are, you can speak a word into their soul that they will never forget. And students, you have power. You can offer your teachers a word that helps them and helps them show back up on Monday morning (laughs) to do it all again. It is powerful the way we use our words. And you may not have come from an environment or you may not have come from a family where affirmation and these words of life are given freely. And I get that, and I get that how that might be just contextually hard sometimes. But I would ask over this next week, and maybe today, that you try it. Because your words have the weight to build up a soul, and it really matters. And in order to speak our words according to the needs of others, as we talked about last week, we need to know each other. We need to listen. And listening to our neighbor is the beginning of loving our neighbor. If we listen, we will hear their needs. And, and right now, honestly, if you listen to the people around you, you will hear that there's, there are people trying hard, people struggling, there's anxiety in our world, and your words have the power to bring safety and help and life and openness and reassurance and build up in those very places where we need each other and we need life the most. And if we listen in our community and in our world, I think we'll hear often there's many people in our world who just simply do not feel safe in our world right now. They feel vulnerable because of how they were born or where they were born, because of how they love or how they voted, their religion, the color of their skin, the language that they speak, um, their veterans or their first responders, and, and on and on. And you, in your words, have the power to make safe space for others, to protect the vulnerable. And as God calls us to advocate, to speak and use our words on behalf of the poor and the orphan, and the widow, and the stranger, and to offer a kind word that's like a cool drink in a world that is so often on fire. And that's literally what Proverbs says. Proverbs 25, 25 says, like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. We have a message of good news, of life to speak from a land that we all long for. Good news from the love of God. And because our God is a God of all, it is to be good news for all people according to their needs. So we, as people who want to walk in this way of wisdom in life, We can say with everything we are and everything that comes from our mouth that we will bless God and our neighbor and say to them, it may be difficult out there. And I'm sorry for that, but it will not be difficult with us. 
will not be difficult in our relationship because we want to see you and hear you. We want to stand with you and for you and use our words to build you up and to speak life and to speak on your behalf sometimes when your voice isn't heard. You are so loved, and so we will use our voice to speak that message because the message of God is love and words that build us up in love and life are powerful. So when the words intersect with the way God's at work in us and in our world, something amazing happens. It says we do these things. We don't let unwholesome, rotten talk come out of our mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Grace is this fancy churchy word for like loving, powerful work of God in the midst of our life. The real power is when we speak life that resonates with the heart of God and God steps in and takes that and multiplies what we speak into something that builds life, true life in someone's soul. God can use your words to transform the words that your kids hear, the words that your coworkers or, or your partners, the words the vulnerable hear in those moments, they will carry with them forever, and God will use those to bring life. It's like God takes the right word at the right time and embeds it deep in our soul and multiplies it and builds true life. And in those moments when we have a chance to speak, we have no idea what hangs in the balance, but we know that we have life-giving power in our words. So in, in my origin story, which is not a superhero origin story at all, I stand here today because of so many people who spoke into my life. Um, but on Father's Day, I was thinking about my dad, who, you know, like a lot of dads, doesn't say a lot of words. Um, my kids will have the opposite problem <laughs> with their dad. <laughs> But in high school, long, 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 long before I even thought about being a pastor, um, I had given a talk to a Sunday school group at at our church, and my dad uh, was in the room, and he said to me afterwards, he said, you know, you're pretty good at that. And I I laughed because, one, like, that's about the extent of, (laughs) of, like, dad compliments right there. Uh, But two, I'm pretty sure that, like, I talked twice as long as I was supposed to, and half of the words I said were um, and so I don't know what he saw, but he saw something in me, and he didn't say, like, I did a good job. He said that I was pretty good at what I had just done. It wasn't about me, but it was, it wasn't about what I did, but it was something in me that he saw, and those words, in some strange way, like, stayed in my soul. And it was grace that was given to me. In those moments when you're trying to figure it out and try to make sense of the world, those words were there for me. And I'd totally forgotten about that moment until later on in life. I was working in another field, and I'd been wrestling with this call to be a part of, of, of this work. And those words and the grace that they gave me just kind of came back. And it breathed life into me in the midst of my wrestling. And it gave me the courage to try this. And so over a decade later, I stand here with you, and I'm still trying to live up to that high bar of pretty good. Um, (laughs) But I'm here in part because in that moment when I needed something to grab for and a sense of self and a sense of foundation, there was life and a building block brick of a word spoken to me 
that I held on to, and I heard the grace of God in the midst of that word. That word gave me life. And my dad had no idea (laughs) what the future was going to hold. He had no idea what hung in the balance, but he chose to speak in that moment a life-giving, life-affirming word to me. And God took that little phrase and embedded it in my soul and gave me grace, and it was powerful, super powerful. And it helped me become who I think maybe I was built to be. So when we speak open, when we step out into the world and we have an opportunity, when you see someone who does something and you see a glimpse in them, speak, say something, write a note, say, you know, I I saw that and that was pretty, pretty cool. Speak life to the cashiers at the, at the grocery store, your servers who wait your tables, who so often hear no words of life at all. Speak life. And you have no idea in those moments what hangs in the balance of your words, the choice to speak to your partner, your parents, your kids, and your coworkers. You have no idea the life that it will give to them and where it will lead and what God will do when that life is multiplied. But I know that when we speak words that are helpful for building others up according to their needs, it gives life and it gives grace to those who hear them every single time. And that's a God-sized superpower. And so as our faith tradition says, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart deliver the message and be acceptable to our loving God and spoken to a world who so needs to hear them. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving God, thank you for this word of life that you speak to us, of your love for us. And we don't always know exactly what that word means, um, but it's there for us. It multiplies. We hold on to it in the midst when we need it. It speaks life to our soul. God, thank you for speaking your love into our hearts. And we want to be people who do the same thing, who are are ministers of your love and your reconciliation in our world, who walk wisely and use our words well. So as we go, help us to listen first. And when we speak, God, let it be wholesome. Let it build others up. Let it be according to their needs. But most of all, God, let it give your grace to the people around us. So may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart bring life, love, goodness, and build others up into who you built them to be. We pray this in your incredible name. Amen.